So if you're in Ephesians chapter 4, we're continuing our study on the book of, uh, of Ephesians. And uh, uh, I just want to remind you, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, and I believe he had, uh, he had uh, more than one goal. But one of the goals was just to encourage the church. And uh, how many of you know that it's a fight of faith? It's not a cakewalk. It's a fight. Whenever you live for the Lord, the Bible says all those who desire to live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution, right? So it's a fight. But number two, I believe he wanted to teach them about their spiritual inheritance because they were rich spiritually, but they were living like beggars. And so he was saying, man, you need to know who you are and know what's available to you now that you're a child of God. Amen. But number three, I believe that uh, Paul wanted to instruct the Christians on how to live their life and and so uh, how to walk out this Christianity. And last week we talked about the gifts of grace and the divine calling that is on every believer. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And yesterday was a great display of that where people were using their gifts and just touching people's lives across the community. And that's what he said. And he said, if you'll do that, the body of Christ will be built up. The church will get stronger. And so the strength of the church hinges on the body of believers just rolling up their sleeves, putting an apron on their arm and getting to work and doing something for the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, so Last week, we talked about the calling. Today, we're going to talk about the changed life. And Paul just talks to the Ephesian church and says, listen, you, and now that you're a follower of the Lord, you got to live your life differently. And this is what he says, Ephesians 4, 17. I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in that that it is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, Paul, in this passage of scripture, tells the Ephesian church that they need to quit living their lives like non-Christians. And he says in verse 17, he said, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Now, the Gentiles were they, they represented the ungodly non-Christian people who were not interested in Christianity. And so Paul's saying, don't live your life like them. And so the point he's making as Christians, we are to live differently than those who are not Christians. How many of you could say amen to that? So according to Paul, the goal of every Christian should be to living or live a life changed. Amen. Living a changed life. That should be the goal that you no longer are the same person now that you're a follower of God than what you were before you were a follower of God. So then the question is, how do we live a changed life? Well, I believe Paul gives us the instructions. He gives us the keys right here in Ephesians 4. And in verse 22, he says, you were taught 
with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its evil desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and then three, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Three steps right here in this passage. The first one is this. you got to put off the old self. And that's what he says in verse 22. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its evil, deceitful desires. He's talking about putting off your old behavior. He's talking about putting off the world's way of living, right? And so he said, you can't act like an ungodly non-Christian if you want to live the Christian life. If you want to live for life change, he says, you have to be willing to put that all behavior behind you. It's like a coat. You got to take that off and you got to be willing to live the new life. Amen. Now, what exactly does that mean to put off the old self? Well, Paul don't leave it to chance. He unpacks it and he says this. He says, Paul explains in chapter four, he says, number one, putting off the old self means stop lying. Stop lying. And that's what he says in verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we all parts of the same body. Come on, say amen right there. As you can see, lying should not be part of the Christian behavior. We should put off lying. Come on, I need a better amen. Putting off the old self means you stop telling lies and you start telling the truth. Come on, how many of you agree with that? Number two, he says, putting off the old self means getting control of your anger. And that's what he says in verse 26. He said, don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, notice it says, he says, don't let anger control you. It doesn't mean that you'll never feel angry, that you'll never get angry. He's saying, listen. Anger is part of the emotions of human life, but don't let it get a hold of you and don't let it control your life. We shouldn't let anger control us. Amen. So because he says, if you let anger control you, what's going to happen is you're going to give the devil a foothold in your life. I mean, you know, that's not a good idea right there. And so he says, you need to, you need to get a, a wrap on your anger because if not, you're opening the door. So all Christians should put off Lying and they should, they should, uh, put off the old self by not allowing anger to control them. Number three, he says, putting off the old self means stop stealing. In Ephesians 4.28, he says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Stop stealing, he says. And so again, Paul says, If you're a thief and you're stealing stuff, quit doing that. How many of you know that's pretty straightforward and simple, right? And so a Christian should quit lying, should control his anger, and he should stop stealing. You see, now believers, they can do that all day if they want. Then there's no conviction. But as a believer, we got to put off that old behavior. Amen. Now, whose responsibility is it for us to stop stealing? Is it our responsibility or is it God's responsibility? It's ours. He tells us the church. He says, hey, church, stop stealing. It's our responsibility. So if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, he said, use your hands for good, hard work. 
And then give generously to others in need. So stealing is another one of those non-Christian behaviors that should not be part of the Christian life. Number four, putting off the old self means stop using foul and abusive language. How many of you know Christians should talk differently than non-Christians? And so he says there in verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Wow. The language and the speech of every believer should be different. And there shouldn't be foul language coming out of our mouth. There shouldn't be abusive behavior that comes out of our our mouth, right? In fact, he says everything that we say, it should be helpful, should be good, and it should be an encouragement to other people. Amen. So putting off the old self, what does that mean? Again, it means changing how you speak. So the church should be different, shouldn't it? When he says we're the light, we're the salt of the earth, he means that we should be different than the world, right? And so number five, he says, putting off the old self means not to bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. And in verse 30, he says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So we need to remember that how we live, our behavior either attracts or draws God's spirit to us or it either repels and distances the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the way we live our lives has everything to do with how spirit filled we are? Come on, I'm waiting for a better amen. Paul tells us, don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way we live. Now, it's true, every Christian has the Spirit, but some have more than others because of the way that we live. How do you bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit? Well, again, Paul don't want us to be confused about it. He just tells us in the next verse. He says in verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Saying this is how you make the Holy Spirit sorrowful. And so all evil behavior and ungodly living brings sorrow and hinders God's spirit from working in your life. You know, as an early Christian, you know, I didn't have much of the spirit in me at all. Right. I mean, I was. But after I got saved, I noticed this, that I felt the presence of God, felt the peace of God. But I noticed if I depending on how I behave that weekend had everything to do with how much I felt the presence of God in my life. Amen. And so he says, listen, you can't live a spirit filled life if you're not willing to put off the old man. And you can't live a changed life without the Holy Spirit's help. And so listen, the Lord wants us to come into the kingdom and he wants us to be changed. He wants us to be transformed. And so the first step to living a changed and a transformed life is you have to put off, take it off, put off the old man, the worldly, ungodly way of living. If you got that, say, I got that. But number two, he said the second step 
to living a changed life. He says there in verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, number one, but number two, uh, or which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. But number two, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Some translation says to be renewed in your mind. Now, why is it so important that we need to renew our minds? Well, this is the reason. Because all behavior, whether good or bad, is based on a belief. How many of you know our beliefs cause us to respond the way that we respond? So listen, in fact, behind every sin is a lie that we believe. And so, so all, so all change begins by having our mind renewed. And we can't change our behavior until we get our mind changed. And that's what Romans 12, 2 says. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. It works like this. We think, we feel, and then we act. The way we think affects the way that we feel, and the way we feel affects the way that we act. Amen? And so to change our behavior, we have to first change how we think. We have to change our beliefs. Jesus said it like this, John 8, 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you, yes. So trying to change our behavior without changing our beliefs is really a waste of time. You can will to change your life, but your willpower will just get you so far down the road. And then you go be back to your old behavior. You got to change your mindset. You got to change your thinking. Amen. So listen, the Bible term for changing your mind, you know what it is? Repentance. Repentance. Repentance means to change the way that you think by accepting what God says about something. Right? That's what repentance is. Like whenever a person becomes a Christian, they think they don't need God. But whenever they realize they need God, they repent and say, I thought I didn't need God, but I'm changing the way I think. I need God. And life begins to change. Does that make sense? And so repentance means to change the way you think. In Acts 26 and 20, Paul said, I preached that they should repent. And turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. You know, one of the jobs of the Word of God is to change our stinking thinking. It's to convict us of our wrong thinking. And so that's why it's so important to have the Word of God, be under the Word of God, read the Word of God, because and not just read it, to be willing to submit to it. I think there's way too many of us that are reading the Word for information's sake, but we're not willing to submit to the Word of God by changing our thinking. Come on, I need a better amen right there. So you can't truly change until you're willing to repent and admit that your way of thinking is wrong and God's way of thinking is right. Amen. So listen, when before I was a Christian, you know, although I knew, you know, I mean, you, you know, but I didn't think, you know, I didn't think lying and stealing was too big of a deal as long as you didn't get caught. Right. And so whenever I was working, I didn't mind fudging a little bit and adding a couple of more hours than I really worked. No big deal. Who's it hurting? This company got a lot of money. How many of you think that's wrong thinking, Todd? And so I used to think that way. But then I found out, listen, lying and stealing It's the characteristics of Satan. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. 
He's not, he, how many of you know that, that Satan, he's not a giver, he's a stealer. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? And so I found out whenever I'm lying, whenever I'm stealing, I'm acting just like Satan. Now, I didn't sign up for Christianity to act like Satan. Come on, how many of you know that? But you know what? Whenever I begin to learn that, it empowers me to resist those sins, right? Here's another, here's another trans, uh, example. Before I became a Christian, I used to believe that all Christians were weird. And they were crazy. Like, you know, man, they're, they're weird and they're crazy. And they, they don't have any fun in life. They're funny duds. You know, it's like, man, you can't have fun and be a Christian. Come on. How many, how many other people in here felt like that? Come on. Don't leave me hanging this morning. Right. But then I, so I believe that to be a Christian, you couldn't have fun because to me, fun meant sin, living a sinful life. I believe that if you weren't sinning, you weren't having fun. Well, I had to repent and I had to admit that I was wrong about that thinking. And you see, whenever I I repented and changed the way I thought about Christians and Christianity, then my life started changing. Are you all tracking with me still? And so you have to remember the fact that God, whenever he calls you into the kingdom, listen, he's constantly trying to reprogram us and to retrain us. So your mind has to be renewed before your life can change. So first two steps. The first step to life change is what? You got to put off the old man, the old worldly, ungodly way of living. Amen. Number two, you got to keep changing your mind. You got to keep giving your mind a bath, changing that old way of thinking. Getting new thinking patterns, new thought patterns, because it's after you get those new thought patterns that you're able then to experience a life change. Now, the third step to being transformed is this. Number three, you've got to put on the new man. You've got to put on the new man. And that's what he says there in verse, verse 24. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So to put on the new self means to live a godly life and to put on godly behavior. So listen, you know, we're living in a day and an age where, you know, the world is trying to invade the church more and more. And if we're not careful as the church, we're going to say, well, hey, this is, hey, listen, I'm not under the law anymore. I'm under the grace of God. And so I can do whatever I want. Well, that's not what Paul said. Paul said, you could be under grace, but you got to watch what you say. Paul said, it's okay. Yeah, you could be under grace, but you can't be a liar. You can't be a stealer. You can't live in anger and unforgiveness and bitterness. You can't live like the world lives. If you want to live the Christian life, you got to put on the new man. Come on, y'all too quiet in here. Come on, I need a better amen. Even if it hurts, say amen. Amen. And that's what Paul is telling us. And so see, he's, he's speaking to the Ephesian church and he's saying, now listen, I know y'all have learned all kinds of patterns of living and y'all have all these, these, these foreign gods and the worship of foreign gods all around you. There was all kind of idolatry going on in Ephesus and all that. And so Paul's trying to get the church on track and he's trying to position them to receive the grace of God. And he wants them to receive the inheritance. But he says, 
listen, if you live your life out here, the blessing, the inheritance is over there. You need to get yourself over here and get in the lane of God, and then you're going to be able to receive the inheritance God has for you. The devil will want you to live out here, but I want you to live right here so you can enjoy the abundant life, the life overflowing with the goodness and the grace of God. Amen. So be willing, Ephesian church. Be willing, body of Christ. Be willing, bride of Christ, to put off the old man. Get your stinking thinking renewed and put on the new man and live your life in Christ. Amen. Come on. That's the Lord. That's the word of the Lord for the church today. Amen. And he says, listen, the more you do that, the more you're going to experience the life-giving power. Because remember, he said, every time you're living out here, you are bringing sorrow to the Holy Spirit and you won't flow in the gifts of the Spirit. You won't flow in the fruit of the Spirit. You won't have the anointing of God flowing in your life. You're not going to be a great witness in the world. But if you put yourself where God wants you to be, the fruit of the Spirit, the power of God, the anointing of God will flow in your life and you're going to live the abundant, blessed, power of God kind of life. Amen. How many of you, that's the kind of life you want to live. Amen. He's talking about life change. He's talking about life change. He said, you got to be willing to change your life. And listen, most people I talk to, whenever they came in the church, they didn't come in the church because they were so happy and blessed. They came in the church because they were struggling and they needed help. And God says, I got help for you. But you got to do it my way. And if you do it my way, I'll bless your life. I'll favor your life. And you're going to live a great life. Amen. Put on the new self means to live a godly life. Put on godly behavior. Ephesians 5 and 1. Paul keeps unpacking what that means. And he says this. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. So right here in these first two verses of chapter five, he tells us what putting on the new man is all about. And he says, first of all, you have to imitate God in everything that you do. Everything we do in life, how we act, how we behave should reflect the nature and character of God. And so whenever I think about lying, is that the nature and character of God? No. Whenever I think of stealing, is that the nature and character of God? No. So he says, you need to imitate God. So what, who is God and what is he like? Well, God is truth, so we need to be truthful. God is forgiving, so we need to be forgiving. God is kind, so we need to be kind, right? God is generous, so we need to be God is an encourager, so we need to encourage others with the words that we speak. Amen. That's putting on the new man. That's imitating God. And he says, that's what I'm calling you, Ephesians 2. I'm calling you to be a reflection and imitate the God that created you, the God that created the world. Now, what's he after? What's he getting at? He's wanting to win the world. And he knows that many people, before they ever darken the doors of a church, are going to read the Bible through us. They're going to see God through us. And he says, listen, when you're wearing that t-shirt with the fish on it, make sure you reflect the nature and character of God because people are watching you. They're looking at you and they're looking to see what God is like. And if you do it right, they're going to want the God that you serve. Amen. And then number two, he says, you got to imitate God in everything you do 
Put on the new man means to follow the example of Christ. Follow the example of Christ. Think about it. Think about Christ. Think about his ministry. Think about what you read about in the, in the gospels. What kind of life did Christ live? What, how, what was his behavior like? I mean, you know, think about it. Would be, would he be behaving like, like me? Would he be behaving like you? Or, or should I change my behavior? You know, to be, to follow the example of Christ, we need to start thinking like Jesus. And, and to follow the example of Christ, we need to start acting like Jesus. To be, to be Jesus-like, we need to start treating people like Jesus. To be like Jesus, we need to be more concerned about other people than our own selves. To be like Jesus, we need to be merciful and compassionate. Because Jesus was merciful and compassionate, wasn't he? To be like Jesus, we need to live a holy and righteous and godly kind of life because that's the kind of life Jesus lived. The Bible says that Jesus didn't sin. And so that's the example that's set before us that we should be striving for. Amen. Now, the problem, here's the problem. The problem is we can't imitate God. We cannot think and feel and act like Jesus. Without the help of God, without the empowerment of the spirit, right? You see, and so as Paul is teaching the Ephesian church, he's really bringing them to the point of saying, listen, the standard I'm setting for you here, there's no way you can even come close to that standard without depending on God. What is he trying to do? He's trying to push him closer to the cross. He's trying to get them closer to the cross, closer to Jesus. He's trying to make them realize you can't live the Christian life apart from living a life connected to Jesus. Amen. To be Christ-like is to be connected to Christ. Amen. And so you can't imitate him. You can't follow the example of Christ until you're willing to change your life, change your thinking and surrender your life to Christ until you're willing to depend on the Lord. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering how many of us we're trying to live the Christian life without relying on the power of God to do it, without relying on the grace of God to do it. And God is saying to us, you need my help. How many of you, how many of you would agree? We need his help. Amen. Now, let me just tell you, I know some of you heard it, but let me just tell you a little bit of my personal testimony. You know, before I became a Christian, uh, I tried to change my life. And you know that I was 22 years old whenever I became a Christian and had been doing drugs and living a sinful life for, for 11 of those 22 years. And, and, uh, and so, um, you know, I, I wanted, I was hungering for the things of God. I was wanting to get closer to God, but I felt like, well, man, I can't go to church high. I can't go to church drunk. I mean, I can't, I can't. I got to clean up before I go in church. How many of y'all felt like that too? And so, uh, you know, I, I need to clean up. The problem was I couldn't clean up. I couldn't change. I couldn't stop doing drugs. I couldn't stop living the, the sinful life. I, I tried. I tried to stop stealing, but I couldn't. I tried to stop lying, but I couldn't. I tried. To control my anger, but I couldn't. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so I, I tried to stop using foul language, but I couldn't. And then so I, I couldn't. So finally, in exasperation, one day, 
I, I accepted an invitation to go to church. And I went to church and I found out in church that, that, uh, you know, that, that we can't change on our own. We can't change our lives on our own. And, and so I found out that, uh, the good news that Jesus died on the cross so I could change. And I was like, Oh, okay. You mean I don't have to clean up before I come? No, you're not going to be able to clean up. You just need to come dirty and he's going to clean you up. How many of you know that's good news right there? Amen. But listen, I had to be willing. I had to be willing to admit that I need him, that I need his help. Amen. And so it's, it's hearing the gospel and realizing my need that my thinking changed. And I was willing for the first time to admit, oh, Lord, I need you. I'm dirty. I'm sinful. And I need your forgiveness and I need your cleansing. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians in 5 and 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, right? All things pass away and behold, all things become new. And I started hearing that message. And one day, whenever I just submitted my heart and my life to Jesus, I began to change. And you know what? It, it wasn't like everything was perfect, right? It's like you still have issues. You still have hardcomings. But you know what? The more you follow the Lord, the more your life begins to change. Come on, can anybody witness with what I'm saying today and can relate to what I'm saying? That's the power of the gospel is that Jesus came to change our lives. And if we'll just be willing to submit our heart and our life to him, he will empower us by his spirit to break the power of sin off our lives and to transform us. Isn't that great news today? Why don't you just do me a favor and just stand right there where you are. And I, I want to just pray for you this morning. I just want to pray for you. And, and I want to just, as we just bow our head for a moment, you know, I, I just I just want us to pray, first of all, for us as a church, as the body of Christ. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Help us to hold the line. Help us to hold the line of Christianity. And not let the world influence us and get us out of position. There's lost people around us watching us, seeing how we're living our lives. And the Lord wants us to be his reflection. And the Lord wants to use us to share the love of God in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our families. So can we just for a moment just ask the Lord, Lord, help us to put off the old man and we ask him to do that this morning. Lord, help us to put off the old man. Help us to put off the old worldly, ungodly behavior. Help us, Lord Jesus, to change our thinking and to be willing to accept your thinking about things, to accept your opinion about things. And not to live with our own opinions or non-believers' opinions or the world's opinions, but the opinions of God. Father, thank you for just releasing your grace over us today. Thank you, Father, for just empowering your church today. Lord, we know that we can't imitate God, 
We can't follow the example of Christ without the power and the strength of God flowing through us. Lord, we repent of trying to do it on our own today. And we say, Lord, we need your help. Is that right, church? Lord, we need your help today. We need your spirit to come upon us. And we need the love and the grace of God to flow through us like never before. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen, while your heads are still bowed, I just want to I just want to give you a give an, an opportunity for everybody that is here today. Maybe you're like me, that you you thought you had to clean yourself up before you could come to God. And, and you had this idea that maybe that, you know, if you if you become a Christian, that you're no longer going to have fun in life. But maybe today the Lord has helped you to see it differently. And you realize, man, I don't want to leave the blessing of God behind because of wrong thinking. I want to give my life to Christ. I want my life to be changed. And I'm ready to surrender to him. If that's you today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to make sure before I leave this building today that I'm right with God. And whenever I breathe my last, I'm going to spend my eternity with Jesus in heaven. If that's you, would you just indicate that by just raising your hand and say, Todd, pray for me. Just pray for me. Pray that prayer. I want to give. Thank you. I want to give my life. Thank you. I want to give my life. Just raise it high. Come on. This is the time of decision. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Man. I see your hand right over here. Anybody else, sir? I see your hand. Anybody else? Just raise your hand right over here, ma'am. I see your hand. Come on. Hands are going up. Come on. This is the day. Listen, the devil would want you to stay right where you are and keep your keep you in darkness, but the Lord is wanting to deliver you from the power of evil. Amen. So come on. And those of you that raise your hand, do me a favor and just raise both hands right now and just say, I'm, I'm giving my life. I'm giving my heart to Jesus. Now just pray this prayer with me. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. Just pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my life could be saved. Lord, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you forgive sins. And I'm asking you to forgive mine. Every sin, Lord. I want to be forgiven today. I want a clean heart. I want to change life. Come on, tell the Lord. Lord, I want to be changed today. God, would you help me? I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing to change my thinking and submit my life to you in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give the Lord just a good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, those of you that prayed that prayer, the Bible says, whenever you give your life to Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new person inside. Everything on the inside changes. Amen. And you're going to start seeing your desires change, your, 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 the way you want to live your life change. And I want to encourage you to just keep coming to church, keep walking with God, keep learning the Bible, and your life is going to be totally and radically changed for Him. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, there's a card that said, I made a decision. We have a gift for those of you that did that. If you just take a moment to just fill your name out, your number, we're not going to harass you or anything. We just want to give you some tools to help you get started, like a Bible if you need one. Because this is the greatest, this is the greatest life you can live, is living for God. Wouldn't you all agree with that, church? Wouldn't you all agree with that? It's the greatest life you can ever live. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. So we love to. And if you just bring it into the lobby, there's a, an info center in the in the to my left, my left corner, your right. You just bring it there, and they'll give you that gift. Okay. Amen. And then if you're here for school supplies, uh, you know, listen. Congregation, I just want to thank you for your generosity. Remember, we received an offering probably two months back. And so we're going to bless a lot of families with free school supplies. Now, for some of us, that might not be a big deal. But some of these families, they're struggling. They need help. And you are making that possible today. So thank you for being so generous. Amen. So listen, in the, if you need school supplies, in the pew, there's a card that says school supply giveaway. If you grab that card and you fill it out and you go right through those doors, there'll be people waiting for you right there. And they're going to give you instructions on what to do. So just grab that card, fill it out, and bring it right through those doors, okay? Amen. How many of you glad you're a Christian today? How many of you glad you're saved today? Let me pray a blessing over you as we dismiss. Amen. You know, I just see every one of you in here today like that that fig tree. And instead of it being cursed and shriveling up, I see you that fig tree that's flourishing as the blessing and the favor of God is over your life. Do you receive that? Come on, just receive that by faith. Lord, I pray your blessing on every family and every individual that's in this room. Lord, I pray that their health is blessed, their finances is blessed, their marriage is blessed, their children are blessed, their grandchildren are blessed. Lord, I pray their their businesses, I pray that their careers are blessed. Lord, I pray that they be blessed emotionally blessed relationally. Lord, I pray that the blessing and the favor of God would be on the people of God today in a mighty and in a powerful way. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen, amen. Well, God bless you. You're dismissed. You have a wonderful rest of the weekend.